Kia ora whanau. welcome to another podcast deep dive and today I got to sit down with New Zealand All-White goalkeeper Stefan Marinovic. Uh, Stefan Marinovic has had an awesome footballing career so far and we got to sit down and talk about some of his stints overseas and also in New Zealand with the Wellington Phoenix. Of course we talked about his international career, especially the home and away playoff leagues against Peru that almost got us to the 2018 World Cup. The stories are epic. Stefan Marinovic is an absolute legend, and I know you're going to enjoy this episode. Kia ora. Mate, Stefan. Did I say that right, bro? Yeah, Stefan. Yeah, you're you're spot on, mate. No worries. Mate, good to have you on the old old potty at uh, 9 a.m. Israeli time and then 8 p.m. NZ time. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. It's uh, it's a pleasure. It's a privilege, and um, hope we can uh, have a good yarn. Yeah. Oh, mate. Well, if, it, stuff. if you're good at talking about yourself, <laughs> <laughs> but um, hey, like I said, man, you just you get me rolling, and I'll uh, I'll, I'll fill up your podcast. Unfortunately, mm. everyone gets to hear my annoying voice. Hey, mate. Oh well. So it is what it is. But I want to know what's it like in Israel. I mean, you don't really hear. You know, yeah, you've got Israeli basketball and Israeli football, obviously, but, you know, Kiwis over in Israel. I don't know if there's many of you or not, but what's it, what's it like over there, man? You're plying your trade over there at the oh, moment. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. Um, we, we, we came over here, so me and my wife, obviously I came here first um, because, uh, you know, we had the whole COVID thing coming from Australia, uh, you know, just finished up with the with the Phoenix and then uh, the Steel came along and, you uh, uh, Without too much research, we just we jumped on it. Eh? There'd just been like a little bit of a kerfuffle over at uh, the Gaza Strip, um, mm, and yep. uh, from what we heard from our Israeli Israeli friends, I chatted with Tomer and stuff. They they said it usually goes in a cycle, so you have like every couple of years you have a um, a couple of rockets flying, the Israeli uh, Iron Dome protecting you, you know. But that only affected if you if you're in uh, Tel Aviv in that type of area. So we were kind of like not well, I wasn't too concerned about any type of conflict or yeah. or getting caught up in that stuff because we're, we're far away. Haifa mm-hmm. uh, is about an hour and a half north. Um, my club is actually situated a little bit more inland. Uh, so, you, you know, you're far away from the borders and you'd think anything bar a full-blown you know, seven-day war you know, wouldn't yeah. really affect us. So we, were, we went to... Um, I wasn't too bothered about that. Uh, we came. I came here with, um, I wouldn't say little expectation, like, like or, or, or any expectations, but uh, you know, when I arrived, it was definitely a culture shock. I mean, yeah. it's uh, it's it's a country like you've never, you know, it, it can't be compared to any country in the Australasian region. I wouldn't even say the islands. The islands are something completely different. Mm. I think if people have gone to you know, I haven't even gone, but I would say somewhere like Algeria or or it's it's got a real mix because because Israel, I'm like I'm not sure you know what people know this, but Israel is just full of different cultures because mm. people make uh, I believe it's called the Aliyah or something along those lines where where basically any Jewish person in the world can decide they want to migrate back to the back to the motherland uh to the homeland and um Man, they basically 
yeah, it's 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 it's, it's an odd con. It's an amazing concept because you know they just come back here and they say, okay, now I'm Israeli because I'm Jewish, and um, you know they have to serve in the army and all that type of stuff if they're young. Yeah. Um, but heaps of people do it. I'm not sure how many people come from NZ and done it, but it yeah. makes for a, like a real mishmash of uh, cultures. It's a boiling pot, really. Eh? like it's just you you never know. Because you'd say New Zealand's pretty um, multicultural, but um, I don't know. I get the feeling Israel's more condensed than New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. So it's got New Zealand. Uh, Israel has, uh, I think, eight or eight and a half, maybe nine million population. New Zealand's just a little under half yeah, of that, yeah, yeah. and and it's 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 really really condensed. And I'm not even sure if that that um, that population figure takes into account the West Bank. Right. Uh, the contested land, um, so it could even be more in that, you know, or like it could even be more condensed. It wouldn't yeah. even be that whole like that width. It might even be because you know, without the West Bank, like yeah. that, that thin <laughs> yeah. into the coast, you know, it's real thin. Um, so you couldn't even have it more condensed than that, or the, you know, however you want to look at it. So that's um, that's you get buzzy. Lots man. and lots of yeah. So you've got like you've got uh, a big contingent of Russians where I am. So the Russians love to come here. So uh, you got your Russians was a big one. You get a lot, a lot of Eastern Europeans I've come across. Um, uh, then you get um, Americans. A few Americans, I would say they're probably more in the center of Israel. Like right. Northern Israel is more like, I would say, rural or mm. um, conservative. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thing. So uh, all those, all those like the, that melting pot of cultures comes together and it creates a really chaotic, country i would say uh it's extremely difficult to uh trend uh, transition from from a new zealand aussie kind of culture and way of thinking yeah. into something like this it's it's been a real like I, i'm i'm i would say that i'm a a person of the world i've seen a lot i've, I've gone to many places i've been fortunate enough and i've lived in a few different countries, but nothing compares to this. It's, it's, uh, it's tough, man. This, in some cases, you're like, why are they so rude? You know, yeah. um, their 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 way of thinking about things is just. It's almost like me and my wife have chatted about this ages, but it's almost like a, uh, the country's only been here for what fifty, like 60, 70 years, maybe. Yeah, and it is, it's been on survival mode for more than half of that. So everything is about like. You know, mm. why do the extra effort to make something, you know, extra nice, like gentrify an area yeah. when, I don't know, what's the point? We could, you know, do something else with that money. We could fund yeah. an extra tank. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy to think yeah. just the the difference of not even culture, but even context and history of a, of a place, what it does to... Um, what it does to, to the kind of... to the nation, eh? Like, I mean, you're coming from Australia to that environment did you get given like a crash course like from you know your club like mate this is the uh or was it all on you and uncle google yeah it was pretty much all on me to be fair like uh i had uh, i had luckily so tom ahmed back at the phoenix um when i when this offer came across across my uh you know everything's over whatsapp these days so it came across uh, whatsapp yeah, yeah. and Classic. um i said to him yeah i said to him hey mate so uh so what's israel like and this is this is this is standard Israeli. So they were. He was like, "Oh my God, best place ever! Oh, you'll love it so much. It's so great there." 
they extol every virtue of their country and it is the best in their eyes. Yeah. And I know why, but for a foreigner, it's a little bit different. Anyway, he was like, yeah, it's amazing. You'll love it. So I had, I had a little bit of, uh, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So I'll, I'll take this deal. And he was, I was like, so what about the club? And he's like, well, the club's a small club, you know, just come up from the second league. But they seem really nice, really, you know, family, like, or, like orientated type that like, it's, if you describe a club like that and, uh, and I was like, oh, okay, okay. So, so anyway, I arrived and uh, <laughs> shock straight off the bat. The uh, the the team manager picks me up, can't speak a word of English, like nothing. Yeah. Uh, uh, hello, <laughs> looked at me with a blank face. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, hi. And he's like, come, 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 come. And I jump into his car. <laughs> yeah. Tell you, it's like thirty eight degrees. I'm sweating. I've gotten off like a twenty hour like travel time. Yeah. Jump in my car, we're driving down the motorway. He's like, I was like, how long, how long? And he points at his navigation. It's like an hour and 45. I'm like, oh, okay, another another bit of driving. Yeah. And straight away, just without without even doing like anything, he's he's got his like um his he's not even trying to make calls. He just <laughs> he just starts calling like people and he's just chatting with people like the whole time. I'm just sitting there, he's arguing, just you know, gesturing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm like, <laughs> mate, like, come on, like, where the hell am I? And then he's like, ah. You want food? You want food? Uh, like he goes like this, and I'm like, yeah. uh, um, no, I'm good. I just kind of want to get. I'm, I'm, I'm tired, man. I just want to get to to my apartment. And uh, oh, no, I stop. I stop. And so we stop, and he sits there for like half an hour having his coffee and his sandwich. And I'm like, this is not what I. I, I thought we were just like, you know, <laughs> yeah. it'd be all about me. But no, nah, okay, we go together. So we get to the apartment, and uh, and I, he says, okay. Um, Actually, before we go to the apartment, uh, we see boss. We see boss. He wants to see you. So, took me into the boss. I'm like, oh, man, I'm like, I look like, crap. yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I just want to go home, have a shower, and then I'll maybe meet the boss. Yeah. Because uh, by this time, it's like three o'clock in the afternoon or something. And then, um, yeah, I met the boss. He said, he, you know, he spoke English and he was really nice and took me into the apartment. And unfortunately, the apartment wasn't good. Um, mm. I've got to be totally honest. I was expecting something a little bit nicer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hence, hence the reason. And over the next two months, I searched for a place that ended up here in Haifa, yeah. uh, which is a, a little bit nicer. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so total culture shock. Um, didn't really. They weren't. Too, they were a little bit helpful, but I've been to clubs like, like uh, big, big, like bigger clubs. Like say, say, um, I wouldn't even say the Phoenix is. Vancouver, maybe foreigners. Or- Vancouver. Vancouver was was the one. Like you went to Vancouver as a foreigner, mm. you arrived at the door, everything was sorted. That you know, they put you up in a hotel. Um, that you know, that they, they they took care of you in terms of you know, okay, tomorrow you're getting picked up at eight a.m. You know, here's this package, and they'll give you a big leaf like booklet with just your your rundown of where you are, what's around you, mm. just the things you want to know, especially if you're a foreigner, like. How do I get in contact with uh, you know the police or ambulance yeah. or hospitals or um, you know if you had kids daycare uh, schools um, areas to live in just a quick description and a quick like uh, rundown of the city so you don't have to do you know Mr Google and, and, and <laughs> just trial and error so it's ended up being a trial and error experience we've been we found out that Google is not your friend here in Israel okay. uh, you have to get everything by recommendation so when you think of like um, I would, I, I want to say like, uh, well, cause my dad's Croatian, right? So well, we can get on to that, but he's Croatian. So everything in like their type of culture and especially in his, at his age, cause he's advanced now, he's in his eighties. So yeah. 
everything was by recommendation. So they would like, you know, everything. You know this guy, you got to go to this person, got to go to that place. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So we've talked with friends, we've met some couple friends here and we've asked them, we've tried this place, it's not good. We looked on Google, we're trying to find a good Italian. Now, (laughs) it's like, the, the first thing is like, have you asked for recommendations? We're like, well, not really. It's like, that's the only way to find a nice place. You'll look at the outside. It will look like a trash, like a cruddy hole in the wall, crappy door. Yeah. And you'll go, nah, there's, there's no way I'm going in there. The sign looks like it's from the 80s. You know, the <laughs> tables look crap. But unless you have the recommendation, you're not going in there. But you get the recommendation and you go in and you'll have like the, like an amazing meal. It's So that's the way to go here. That's, that's the way to go here with everything. So Dude. that's why... Everything was like a little bit hard in the beginning. Do you think like, because when I think about it, like, you know, the, like A-League or um, is Vancouver an, ML, an MLS or is it in its own? M- MLS, yeah, yeah. MLS. So yeah. these are like pretty established leagues and, and, you know, football, you know, grassroots growing through the countries and all that stuff. When you go to Israel, what's the kind of state of its, obviously it's a relatively young country, um, but mm. the state of its footballing I don't know, professionality, if that's the word I would use, you know, like, because I wonder if they're still on the learning steps of it or, you know, if they're kind of just haven't clicked on. It's it's another another good question, another tough one, really, because I I know that they have a couple, a few clubs here, like the top, like five, six clubs that are constantly in the first league here. They're run like proper professional um, Mm. European clubs. So, you know, they've got, two physios, three masseuses. They've got a head coach, three co-coaches, a goalkeeper coach. They've got a fitness trainer. They've got a, yeah, you know, they've got a, um, analyst, yeah. you know, your data the analyst. Shebang. Yeah, yeah. They've, they've got four fields. It's proper, proper. And, and their stadiums are nice, right? And so, like, another example is we played Maccabi Tel Aviv the other day, and they are, like, the second biggest or the biggest, depending on who you're talking to, right. club in Israel. And uh, they they got, I think, to a game of ours. We are, we are like the minnow in the league. We're tiny. Yeah. And, you know, where we get like a 1,000 fans to, their, to our game, they get like, for a derby, they'll sell out their stadium with like 30,000, 40,000, you know, when they mm-hmm. play a derby. Yeah. So, so against us, they had... Oh, I actually don't. I don't. I didn't see the numbers, but I'm guessing around ten thousand, maybe a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so it's still, still relatively like small, but you know, they they got a hell of a lot of like fans and proper proper fans. So there is a huge um, following, especially for those top teams because yeah. they go off and play in Europe. They they yeah, compete for. They can qualify for. Um, can they qualify for um, Champions League and all of that if they? Yeah, they jump can through the hurdles. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so they've got to jump through the hurdles. But there have been times in the past where teams from Israel, top teams in Israel, they've gone into Europe and they, you know they've beaten Tottenham. You know they've gone off and they've, right, right, right. they've they've played. You know in the in the stages of, of of the Champions League, they've never got out of the group stages. I think, but you know they're there. They're there. Yeah. So those those that's a separate. Those are the top clubs in Israel, mm. and then you have us and the others. You know, and those clubs are, in my opinion, from what I've seen are still living a little bit maybe in the late 90s yeah. in terms of philosophy, um, mm. how they view the game, how they approach football, and just right. like how clubs are run, at least from what I've seen. So That's interesting, it's man. two worlds. 
It's yeah. two worlds. It's two worlds. Yeah, that's 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 really interesting. But here's what I love, and I don't know if it's just the oh, yeah. the small town boy, but if I'm ever mm. playing FIFA, bro, I'm picking. Yeah. If I'm a manager or whatever, I'm picking. Mm. You know, I'm a, I'm I'm picking up a league three side in England. I'm picking up. Yeah. You know, um. <laughs> Yeovil Town, and I'm taking them to the Premier League. You know, that's the mindset, <laughs> um, and that's kind of where you are. You know what I mean? <laughs> Take yeah, them to the top, sure. man. Oh. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That, like, yeah, I didn't think about that when I got here, but now that I'm here, I'm having to embrace that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we go to every game, and I'm just like, I'm gonna get peppered. <laughs> just, <laughs> but if I save everything, we draw at least. <laughs> so. But it's the um. <laughs> The only difference is if if it gets hard, you can't just turn it down to semi pro mode for a couple of games to get by, right? <laughs> yeah, we just get pummeled every game. Oh, that's like this this last this this month is is hell for us. We play our last four four games of the round against the top four teams, <laughs> <laughs> and you know everyone in the team's like, you know, if someone gave me a contract before these four games and said. Would you like one point from these games? I'm signing. I'm signing yeah, straight yeah, away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. Um, I uh, won't ask you your goal difference then, mate. Don't worry. Um, oh, it's actually not too bad. It's I'm I'm okay. I think I've uh, conceded thirteen goals from twelve games. So for for a tiny oh. team like us that was pegged for relegation, that's pretty good. Not bad, man. So um, I think we're like minus one. Yeah. Oh, oh, mate. I yeah. Take it back. I take it back. Um, <laughs> what um for you, man? Because I'm really interested. So for you, growing up, like. You know, when I'm playing footy growing up, and if we used to play like indoor indoor footy as well as obviously, you know, eleven aside. But you know, you have to rotate your keeper. You you are a keeper, but mm. I ha- like for me, if I ever put in goal, you know, it's like Brad, you're turning goal. It's like, oh, like just hurry up and concede so I can swap out. You know, I hate being in goal, but um, obviously you've uh, made a living out of it. Was that always when you were a youngster, mate? You laced up the gloves. That's where you wanted to be in, or? Well, I think it was uh, partly. No, it was wholly my physical, uh, <laughs> my physical <laughs> attributes at the time. You know, if if you think stereotypical goalkeeper at age ten, I was a stereotypical goalkeeper at age ten. I didn't like to run. Yeah. So <laughs> nothing much has changed, really. I still don't really like to run. Yeah. But well, uh, sweeper keeper, yeah, what's I, that? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, no, I'll just stay in my box. Thanks. <laughs> Command my eighteen yard box. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I was. Uh, I was, that was my, that was me as a kid. I like, uh, you know, I like to go and run around, but um, I put myself in goal and I, it would have been one of those things where, you know, you, as a kid, you have a couple like cool, fun weeks. Maybe you do some cool, fun things and everyone finds it great that you made saves. And then all of a sudden I was like, okay, cool. I'm just going to continue with this. And I continued with it and um, yeah. ended up getting better and better and through heaps of help from, you know, Anyone who's successful in life, no matter what they do, they can look back on the on the path and on you know with the help that they have received and the people that have, have put them in that place. And I've had many great coaches and that have just put time and effort into developing me. Mm. And um, I'm extremely thankful for that. And that they've uh, they've put me there, eh? So yeah, man. Uh, yeah. What's um? I always like not just um athletes predominantly athletes but a lot of different you know contexts of conversations i've had with people on this podcast always say their parents played a crazy big role as well you know not always it, the case but a lot of the time you know 
it's impossible. Like, you know, you can't do anything as a kid without your parents. It's mm. just a matter of fact. Yeah. And if my parents had been like, no, we're not going to drive you to, to, to the game, especially in a place like New Zealand where you can't go off and do things on your own. It's, you're going to have to get driven somewhere or taken to school by your parents, maybe, um, or, you know, to extra practices. It's not just like you can take, uh, it's New Zealand, mate. You can't take the bus down to, you know, as a, as a 10 year old down like an hour, right. Yeah, and change yeah. four different, you know? Uh, so, so mum and dad were huge. I mean, dad loved football as a, as a, as a immigrant, you know, they, they love everything football. Uh, that is their sport. Yeah. Uh, he was, uh, Sorry to all the rugby fans out there, but he was a bit worried about um, um, head injuries and stuff. Uh, so that was even before the concussion thing yeah. came out. Yeah, yeah. So he was he 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 was like, "No, you cannot play rugby." <laughs> and my sister, my sister was like, "My sister's much quite a lot older than me," yeah. and uh, she said, "She said, no, you should play. You should play rugby. You're like the biggest boy <laughs> in the park. Or chuck <laughs> in the in the full pack, mate." Yeah. Oh, at sixteen, I was, I think, like ninety three kilos and about the height I am now 15, 15, 16. Mate. I was a big boy. Mate. So where'd you high school? Where'd you go high school? Well, um, I went to high school at, uh, at, at King's college. So I was, uh, extremely fortunate uh, depending mm. on what side of the tracks you're on. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, uh, yeah. So she tried to get me into foot, into rugby, but <laughs> dad was a big no, no on that one. And I was like, oh, but I'm just so good at, like, well, not so good, but I'm, I'm actually good at footy and stuff. And, yeah. you know, like, especially up until, like, the age when I got my restricted, once I got my restricted license, um, that's when, that's when <laughs> freedom, oh, unbelievable freedom, you know, from from mum and dad not having to do anything for me. But everything between, you know, I think it was probably around seven, uh, yeah, seven until, 15 mm. they were driving me everywhere they were taking me mm. i was loving my football um i loved like that was my that was my winter and in summer i loved tennis and i was, I was quite good at tennis as well oh there yeah. he is you have Mate. That, yeah roger federer the height advantage yeah <laughs> what's the guy what's the dude's yeah. name john isn't it they're like two meter um yeah i would be one of those man yeah just serve serve and volley <laughs> i'd be good at wimbledon <laughs> yeah <laughs> um Nah, it's funny, man, because the other thing is I only noticed this when I moved to Auckland and my first uh, club was, oh, uh, oh, Glenfield Rovers, um, which right, I, really, right, right, I don't yeah, know if you yeah. know the Rovers. But. Yeah, no, I, I, I know the Rovers. I know the Rovers. Yeah. I, but, think, uh, I think one of my, I think my coach, uh, my goalkeeper coach, Paul Gothard was there as a, as a trainer, maybe, I think. He's just been think- signed as the head coach, mate. Ah, has he? Yeah. The head coach. Yeah, because, well, ah, Glenfield and season. Forest Hill – have amalgamated and become uh, Northern Rovers. So yeah, he's the new. I did see that, and I was like, "Hey!" But yeah. I think he, I think he's still oh, with. Him. I think he's still with the Knicks until the end of the year or something. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think so. I mean, there's. Uh, uh, I, I'm good for him because uh, I think is it's been tough. And mm. that's a whole another story. The, the 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 Phoenix saga and yeah, man. Uh, I think it's been super tough on on those with families and oh, he's sure. uh, he's been. I think. Out of all the staff, probably the and players, probably the most affected. Yeah. And so I think he's just trying to get back to yeah. some normality. And uh, nah, yeah, good so on I him. think that's the reason he picked that one up. Yeah, good on. Oh, him. good on him, man. Oh yeah, well, I was there. Um, obviously before his time, but it was um, 
the one thing that struck me as a 19 year old at the time was just how expensive everything is, man. Even as a, like I, my uncle, he, he's in coaching Forest Hill with his girls and he's just saying the reason they stopped playing footy in Auckland was, you know, mm. club fees and pitch fees and kit fees and, you know well, what I mean? Was that, was that kind of mm. part of the journey for you? Like obviously, um, you know, I don't know if prices have gone up and up and up over the years in clubs, but that's one thing I've noticed about New Zealand football, or Auckland football, and at least. Oh, that's a, it's interesting that you mentioned that. I, I haven't, uh, I haven't, I don't. Well, as as a kid, you don't, you don't notice these things. I, all I know, my parents, my parents pumped in heaps of money, but I have a feeling that, um, you know, I would, I would get like, do you remember? I don't know, I don't know how old you are. How old are you? Like, if I, if I'm asked. I'm 23, bro. 23. Okay, so you don't remember them, but the uh, the Puma Kings, like old, like sweaty World Cup Puma Kings. They they were yeah. these leather black shoes. I had gigantic. I, I had elephant feet for my yeah, age, yeah. so I, I I got these these, and they even they had like I think they only came in rugby studs. So right. I was wearing <laughs> these boots like oh, the whole season. So I wasn't changing boots. Yeah, uh, I found that as, as my career has gone on, the boots have become a little bit more like iPhones. You change them every now and again, and especially as a young kid, you're seeing mm. your your new star wearing the wearing the new new Nike uh, materials or, or or whatever, and and you want them, and and they're break, probably breaking a little bit quicker. I I yeah. wore my gloves until they you could see my palm. See. Under them, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas you'd be, I'm, you'd be I'm worried if your gloves now. had no scuffs on them, eh? As a keeper, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not you're not doing enough work. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, maybe maybe I got lucky at that time. Mm. Um, it's very it's it's very possible that uh, that the Auckland fees are kind of uh, are jumping up, and it's a bit of a shame because you want you want as many kids as possible to be playing. Um, yeah, a, a very accessible sport. I mean, for 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 boys and girls. Yeah, man. And um, uh, I, I I can't really say too much on the fees. I think it's New Zealand football's business. But if it is, if you set like it's saying getting, getting too expensive, that's a shame. Uh, uh, I'm I'm not sure what the what the deal is on the other side of the aisle with the with rugby. Um, True, yeah. I don't but know I would you. assume it's it's probably I'd say it was it's similar because you don't you don't need much like it's not different. You need the same size field you have one ball uh the kit's the same you know the, gloves, the only difference is the free. net versus the uh the goal post really isn't it but um, yeah 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 and, like in terms of price there's not many like variables it's not like you're tennis and you have to buy a racket yeah, yeah. um or 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 hockey you have to buy a stick or something like that yeah, yeah. it makes it a little much different i'm not sure man but that's a shame you know you don't you don't want to see kids miss out because of it leaving, yeah, because because of, of money, you know, football is the most popular sport in the world because of its accessibility and the fact that you know kids kids in Brazil can yeah can pick up a ball on the and you know play on the street. That's yeah. that's that's why you get. A I think money. um I think to be fair, I think it must be across a lot of codes because I mean, I mean not to get on the high horse of high performance sport in New Zealand. Cause I mean, they do great things for our country. Right. But you know, Stephen Adams, man, mm. one of the reasons he hasn't laced mm. up for the tall blacks is because when he was a youngster, um, mm. they, they couldn't afford to play and, and there was no kind of, 
help. It was kind of like, oh, oh, well, you can't make the teams, the rep teams then. And obviously he found a pathway and got there, but you know, now he's playing in the NBA. He's kind of like, well, I'm not really feel obliged to come and represent my country at the, you know, at the moment. Obviously that's his journey to comment on, but it's an interesting perspective. That's all, you know, from another athlete. Oh, oh, I can, I can, I can see why, uh, you would hold a little, you'd be a little bit salty and if they're not helping you and they're kind of just leaving you by the wayside just because of cash. Yeah. Um, it's a bit of a shame, really. So it's, it's unfortunate. Well, the cool, the good thing is, mate, it wasn't wasn't your experience. But the thing I'm curious about too is, this comes an age where you think, uh, I'm going to be a footballer, yeah. Like you, everyone kind of wants to be one, you know. Well, that that's into footy. Yeah. Um, and yeah. with that decision, bro, comes that other decision of, like, I don't know your group of mates at high school, but I know mine, mm. and it was like, am mm. I going to get caught up in some, you know, different scenes? Or am I gonna um, sacrifice a little bit of the the fun stuff for for my footing, you know, for my footy career and you know things like that, man? Did you find that kind of peer pressure at high school was it was a deal for you or not? Nah? Yeah, you know what, it was it wasn't too much of a big deal, and I feel I feel like the reason for that was well, first off, I was a boarder, so I went to boarding school. Uh, uh, even though I lived in Auckland and my high school was in Auckland. I decided to go to boarding school because I wanted to be around my mates like 24 seven. I, I found, I, I thought, you know, I thought school was fun. I was, I was, uh, I wasn't you know, maybe a typical sportsman or footballer, at least in the world scene that was yeah, yeah. inept at, uh, at school. So I, I, I found school not too challenging. Um, and it, it was a bonus just to be around my mates all the time. You know, you'd, uh, you'd get up in the morning, you know, it'd be earlier. You know, you get up at 6.30 and you, you get changed and you shower and you, 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 go have, you go have breakfast with everyone. Then, you'd, you know, you'd have like half an hour before school and you'd play games in the, in the quad or the courtyard. And, yeah. and then you'd have school. And then after school, you'd go to, to, to um, um, play sports until like 5.30, you know, that was five days a week. And then you'd have the weekend where you play sports. So I was constantly busy, you know, always with my mates. We were, um, you know, formed some really close bonds. And yeah, um, I, I, that's what I thought it would be like. And it ended up being like that. So I loved it. Oh, good stuff. Um, yeah. So, um, oh, no, I've lost my train of thought. Now. Are you still, are you still, um, are you still, do you still have any good mates from high school or nah? Yeah, I've, I've still got some good mates. I've still got some good mates, but again it was one of those things like i loved it there and then it came to the point where you know I, I was i was getting a bit more serious with footy it was probably around the age of i would say 14 15 that's when like i started getting picked up for like auckland reps and you know new zealand like kind of representative kind of groups it was it was not as structured probably then as it is now Mm. But I, I started getting picked up for these things and I kind of find out, you know, I was one of the better goalkeepers. Like with with the sport at that time, it was, you, you see who was at the top. Like there'd be a small, like, so if you thought, oh, you know, who are the keepers that would be uh, interesting in the future, you could pick out a couple. And I was probably one of those couple. Mm. And then I got fortunate enough. Um, uh, uh, I, I did like some, some, some schoolboys tour or something like that. And I went and saw, I went over to England and it was, 
um, with a bunch of goalkeepers and we went and trained at all these. I was really lucky. I went and trained at like uh, Man City. Yeah, Man City when Joe Hart was there. And, oh, man. you know, we were at Chelsea. We, we, we saw like we went up to uh, Rangers. Yeah, Rangers. You know, we trained like, yeah. we trained on the artificial there, but it was it was, it was a tour of like a two weeks thing. And, and then I ended up from that getting a call back from uh, Everton. Uh, to come train for their with their kids and uh, nothing came of it. Like I went there, you know, I wasn't I wasn't uh, well rounded enough for them. Mm. Uh, but because I, I, they were interested, because I was at the time fifteen, I had the height, I was I was big, I was uh, uh, imposing. So uh, they were interested, and then uh, because of that, um, someone else got interested in New Zealand in terms of they wanted to get me to Europe, yeah. and they said, you know, do you want to go to Europe? And I was like, I'm not sure, blah blah blah. Uh, I went over and he was like, okay, I'll sort you out some trials. And so, you know, at the time, you know, it's you're 16, you're thinking, oh, this is a bit of an adventure, you know, like yeah, yeah. give it a go. Like what, what's there to lose? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, sort of like all I had to pay was the tickets over there. And uh, this is how it worked back then. Now it's a little bit different, but yeah. I went over there and um, um, trialed with a couple of clubs. I was really close to going to Schalke, which is a big club in Germany. So I was just ah, in yeah. Germany at the time. Yeah, uh, big, I was very close to going to Schalke. Um, they they did want me, but there were some issues there. Uh, and then there was a smaller club in the third league. They they saw me and they were like, "Yeah, we'll sign you. We'll sign you for two years as like a young prospect." So well, once I came back, right, like I trained there for a week. The the goalkeeper coach saw me, saw something in me, and then he was like, "I went back to, to New Zealand." And then I think it was at the end of end of sixth form. Uh, so I would have been just turned 17. Yep, just turned 17. Mm. I basically get a call back and they're like, look, it's uh, it would have been probably like January, something like that. They said, look, um, do you want to come to Germany? We'll go give you a two-year contract. Come in June. So in the middle of the year, right? And uh, yeah, they're yeah. in the middle of seventh form. Yeah. And I was like, I, I remember sitting on it for a couple, like like a week yeah. And I was just like with my parents, I was like, you know, should I do this? Should I go for it? And I just I it was it was one of those moments where you just go, Yeah, bugger it. I'll just I'll just give it a go. Right. <laughs> so there yeah, it is. Because I, I yeah, just bugger it. I'll give it a go. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I like obviously a big big factor was that I I had I, I had UE by that time so university mm, entrance I because yeah, yeah. I'd done Cambridge I'd done Cambridge and I'd, I had enough credits at the time that I could go to uni yeah. so my parents were like look you can always come back to uni but this is going to come around once in a lifetime so I just bugger it yeah sure I'll go and ended up doing like a term and a half I think yeah. um, and then told all my friends yeah I'm going and yeah this they're pretty open minded. Like, oh yeah, cool. That sounds like fun, man. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, so off I went, eh? And that's where the adventure all started. Well, the thing is, bro, you need a bit of a bugger at attitude to to crack a lot of things. You know what I mean? Like mm. people that are people that hop out of the paddling pool, mate. You know what I'm saying? And get yeah. into the river. Yeah. You know? Get out of your comfort zone, and because I mean, I, I funny you say that. I was had been of all people, Ben Sigmund. If you know that name, he was on Yeah, Oh, bro, should hear him talk about why he'll only ever wear black boots, mate. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> but um, just as blokey as you can get. But um, yeah, he said the same. You know, like when he, I think he had a contract in Australia or something early on, and um, 
you don't know the the decision you're going to make is going to be a good one or, or it's going to be a launching one until you've made it, eh? Mm-hmm. You know? There's been a, there's been a few, uh, like I've seen a, a couple lads in, in New Zealand, they've, they've, they've done that. They've gone, oh, bugger it, and, and, and given it a go. And not not it's not worked out for everyone. It's not worked out for everyone. There's some cases in the Phoenix now that, you know, they've gone and or and they're they're struggling but there's also cases in there that have gone in the past and they've 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 done really well like a, like a ryan thomas or, or chris wood you know decided i'm gonna i'm gonna give england a real go and went kind of around my age as well i think 17 mm. and uh went through the system there so he went to england i went to germany um obviously our paths uh, have separated but um i'm sure that there was a a moment in there that we're like you know what you're you're pretty good well like you know you thought, yeah, I'm, I'm probably, I could, I could do this, you know. I'll just give it a go. I'll see how it goes. And uh, this is not taking away from the hard work and especially the luck mm. um, that, that goes into it all. Mm. But, uh, you know, you have to have, like you say, just just go for it, man. Just sometimes, sometimes, especially when you're young, mm. if you have a, if you have like a, an opportunity don't don't let it pass you by. Like if there's like any 18 year olds in here and they're listening and they're going, yeah, man. Oh, you know, like I've I've got this opportunity to go, I don't know, uh, here's a good one. Uh go to the US on a scholarship to San Diego and play rugby for all I know, or whatever. Yeah, mate. Uh, but you know, and they're thinking, oh, but you know, I don't wanna I don't wanna like leave my buddies and just go out in the there. world and do it. Just yeah. go out in the world and do it. If you can. It's not. Oh, there's nothing against people that, that that don't leave New Zealand. It's because you know, there's there, my path would have been different, but it would have been, I'm sure, just as enjoyable or, or, or rewarding. Mm-hmm. But when you hit when you hit like, you know, your end of your twenties, you go, you know, oh, imagine if I imagine if I'd taken it. Like I, I could be sitting here now at thirty. I could be like sitting back in New Zealand, and you know, we wouldn't be having this talk because I would have never never followed through and maybe it become just a boring accountant or something. Man, uh, and you would have been on Sundays, you would have been playing around with the um, uh, conference league for Puhoi or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still be enjoying life. And, and yeah. uh, there are, there are huge, huge benefits that no one really notices about like having a stable job, but yeah. um, it could have gone so much more differently. And uh, I'm glad I made the choice. There were, some extremely extremely difficult years along the way of it's been it hasn't been a um a comfortable ride uh but the last couple of years have def- definitely been rewarding and kind of you know gone yeah yeah you, you did the right thing almost you know so um well you must have done, you must have done something right mate because i think i saw you once on not that i play it much i make it sound like i play it all the time but uh, I think I saw you were ranked 70 or something. You were in the 70s on FIFA. That's how you know you've cracked it, mate. When you're out oh, of the yeah, 60s, yeah, exactly. you know? Yeah. <laughs> Although, yeah, mate, your you, dodgy you, haircut on there, you, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, does it, well, I can't, I can't quite remember. Haircut. I can't it was quite a remember. It was a buzz cut, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think it is. <laughs> and, and now they just assume you've got a buzz cut all the way until FIFA 30, uh, probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some of those, some of those, oh, man, I, I remember... For the first time I saw myself on FIFA, I was like, what have they done to my face? <laughs> they obviously just put it in some computer program <laughs> and it's decided that I've just got a bald head, a big scruffy, disgusting beard yeah. and just this weird body shape. I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, that's funny. Eh? I think um, 
Yeah. I think, and I'll fast forward because it kind of makes sense in the sense of you talk about those, like yourself, people that go overseas to give it a crack, yeah? Because mm. you do have people that come up through the you know through the root, grassroots of New Zealand football and then play Phoenix Academy mm. and play Phoenix because obviously Wellington been our only professional club and you see people like you know Louis yeah. Fenton and um, Alex Roofer and those kind of cats right, mm. but then you look at our New Zealand team right now and this is going to make mm. sense in terms of what happened in twenty fifteen ish twenty sixteen ish for you or whenever that was, mm. but yeah. you look at the squad and you, you're right, bro. People like you came out of the woodwork. Um, no, you know, no pun intended there. Ryan Thomas, um, you know, like now Joe Bell and all these cats. And it's like, who are you guys? Because we haven't seen them kind of grow up through, you know, that, like that um, that side that went well, to they've, the. They've, yeah, they've 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 come up through the uh, they've come up through like yes, the youth they have they've played the youth, but they took a leap, yeah, definitely in the past, and yeah, definitely in the past, and. I'm not sure how, how you know New Zealand football won't want people to go overseas as much as they did in the past, but those, including Joe Bell and and uh, and, and and those those guys, they uh, they got a look in in uh, in the in that under twenties and uh, clubs clubs look at that. Like uh, I remember clearly that um, I had a friend actually when I was playing the under twenties uh, in Colombia, I had a friend up in the uh, up in the scouting box and they were telling me, they were like, Oh, um, you know, there were scouts at the game. I was like, like after the world cup had finished. And I was like, yeah, oh, really interesting. He said, yeah, um, there were um, scouts from all the like major clubs in the world, like you know, Chelsea, you know, like the premier league clubs were there. And I said, Oh yeah. Interesting. Like didn't think too much of it. I I'd had a good tournament and they said to me, Oh, um, and they were really interested in you. And I was like, Oh Yeah. I was like, oh, that's that's, that's positive, you know. As a yeah. nineteen-year-old, I was like, that's yeah. really nice. And then, and then he said, ah, yeah. But then they started looking down the team list to see where you play, thinking you played like somewhere like second league in Germany or you know somewhere. And then they looked and said, oh, you're playing third league, and you're only playing the second team. Ah, we'll just put them in like the folder, like for just to keep an eye on. But we're not going to act on yeah, it now, yeah, yeah. you know. So, Shit. but but like play, players like players like Joe and stuff. They they got picked up by these teams over in Europe, and they've gone. You know what? That is regular game time at a professional level, and they want me. I'm going to take a chance. And I remember I remember seeing like when I saw a great example. I was I was really impressed by Joe when he came into the national team first game under Danny. Um, we we're in Ireland, and uh, it only yeah. took me a couple of trainings, and I was like. Who is this kid like? I've never seen him before, and he he yeah. just started like he 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 was he was confident. He was I can't tell if he was putting it on to be honest. Like, yeah, yeah. like in terms of he just started playing like he like he belonged in the midfield. And I was like, wow, this kid's actually good. I'll be interested to see how well he does in the Ireland game. And I was extremely impressed. We're playing Ireland away in this amazing stadium. It's full of people. This kid's played like yeah, he's played under twenties, but you know, mm. he hasn't been at a high level for a very long time. And I'm he's just he's like, Yeah, yeah, give me the ball all the time. And I'm like, <laughs> well, this is a first in New Zealand football. Yeah. You know, there's someone is just we're we're playing a top team and he's like wanting to get on the ball. He's not hiding. He's you know, he's I was like, this kid, you know, could 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 go far and they've got time to develop, but uh yeah, they, still they young bucks, man. they went they went yeah, they went overseas because there is 
New Zealand gives you room to grow, especially as a, as a young, talented player, because if you're young and talented, you get spotted quite early. So mm. you, you stand out. And if you stand out, people will take notice and you start going to like the best places. Like people will go, I'll oh, come here because I'm a, you know, this is a good place for you to grow and become a better player. And mm. they do, they become a better player. And uh, it comes a point though, where they go, hmm, where's my next step? Yeah. And that's the issue. They go, well, where do I go from here? You've played maybe, uh, I, I forget what the academy's called, the, uh, the, um, where where Callum McCoward and, and those those guys the fe- uh, well the Phoenix from. Academy man Ole Ole no oh Ole, yeah Ole. yeah, they, yeah. sorry yeah 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 Ole they, I think they come through there and you know they've they've come from there they've played there in the in those national leagues down there and then mm. um and then they come to the Phoenix and the Phoenix is a is actually a huge jump for a 17, 18 year old uh, I think we just recently Ben Old's been playing I think in the in the Phoenix yeah. Uh, He's he's a young one. I remember him actually. You know, when I was in my first year, I thought oh, he was a good kid. And but it's a, it's a huge jump for these lads to go from that to what they're playing in New Zealand to the Phoenix, and especially a franchise that will it wants to be successful, hmm. um, and it's going to pick the best that it can. It's not necessarily going to go. This is eighteen year old kid. We're going to play him now. Hmm. Um, if if you go overseas, and this is this is why sometimes it's a good idea, not necessarily all the time, but sometimes it's a good idea because you're you're a talented kid, but there's way more opportunities. It's yeah. more cutthroat, but if you're prepared to move a little bit and start at the bottom or you know the best you can achieve, like in terms of uh, uh, of quality of 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 game and, and competition, if you're able to play regularly and you're able to improve, there is more there's more um, upside. Yeah, New yeah. Zealand, there's very little upside. If you if you become a good player and you manage to break into the Phoenix, well, you're at the Phoenix. Mm. Great, well, you know, good club. It's the A League. It's, it's still a good league. I'm not not yeah, yeah. not saying it's it's not. But there's a ceiling. But, there's um, a ceiling there. You know what I mean? There's a ceiling. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can only make the A League. Like, yeah, you could you could do you know well in the A League, um, but not many not many you know Chelsea's or or, or Bayern Munich's are going to look you up and say. Yeah, we want him. Like, yeah, it happened to Sapphire Singh. Um, but that's one in, and in how many years we've been in the league? You know, one in ten years. It's one. Yeah, I, I, it's just it's, it's if you're in if you if you're in that Europe. This is what I believe anyway. If you're in those those kind of leagues, people people like uh, will look at that and go, "Oh, it's a good league. He's been playing in that good league. Yeah, we'll take a punt on him. We'll sign him." They still probably have a um, a somewhat lesser view of the A League, hmm. so that that any type of a scout, the scout's going to be what in his forties, fifties, and he's going to look at the A League, and from when he thinks back, like twenty years ago, he's probably thinking, you know, they have no idea they were bogans down there. I don't yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah, 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 exactly. It's it's going to it's going to be a negative uh, viewpoint, so he's probably going to go, ah, oh, we don't even bother. Um, yeah. You know, whereas if he goes, oh, they've been playing in the Netherlands or. Oh, they've been playing in Belgium. You know that that True. in their mind is probably like it's a safer bet for him. So, so when it because you got it's always it's a human thing. So he's going to go to his boss. He's like, look, I found this player, and yeah. he's going to have to convince his boss that to sign this player. And yeah, if you're a standout in the A League, it could be a little bit different. But think about Libby. Libby had to yeah. uh, Libby Kakacha. He had to be a standout for two years, and he was a 
he was a real standout. Same with Sapri, like Class, in, in, yeah. in his season, unbelievable standout. And it, it took that to get picked up. If you if you're in Europe, you have to be playing week in week out, but you can probably get a, like a there's a there's a higher chance that you'll have a longest, more successful career if you're able to keep up the performances and stuff. So it's interesting it's, you uh, say you say that, man, because like even for you, and I'm really interested how how this developed for you because obviously you spent some time yeah in Europe and then you spent some time in Canada um, and you found your way back here. But I'm even thinking when you made your debut for New Zealand, right? Um, like what was the relationship with Anthony Hudson? Because I guess maybe you were you always on New Zealand's books or oh, obviously you were, but you know, like, because there's Glenn Moss, yeah, and then or Paston, then Moss, and then kind of you were the next kind of progression from Glenn Moss, if I if I remember correctly. But how how did it come about? You were Nick, next minute. He he's you know Marinovic never heard he's never me. heard of you, yeah. and it's like who yeah. is this dude? Saves a penalty on debut. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Gave it, I yeah, think you yeah. gave I, it away too. I gave it away. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this yeah. guy? Hey, seriously, I remember that. Who is this guy? Oh, he saved it. Oh, yeah. Okay, no, no, no. We're all good. <laughs> yeah, we're all good. <laughs> oh, mate, that was that. Honestly, that made my career. I tell you what. I tell you what. Like that made my career. No, it was. Uh, it was an interesting one that you say. Like, was I on the books? Because I w- So yeah. So my whole career went over to Germany. Seventeen. Played a couple of years there in the in the fourth division. Um, that was around the time when, by the way, when the World Cup was happening. That's so when New Zealand went to the World Cup. Yeah. Yep. So I was in Germany then in my third year. Uh, I just played the year before, I believe, in the under twenties because it's always the year before. I think the under twenties from the World Cup. Yeah. Or or, or it just happened to be then, whatever. And uh, I thought I'd be on the radar, you know, for for the first team at least, like a. Because if you're the number one twenty, number if you're the number one twenties in New Zealand, there's not so big a uh, goalkeeper pool that you shouldn't be far outside that kind of fold. Yeah. But I wasn't for whatever reason, politics. Yeah. Um, you know, Trust me, sure I talked makes... to Ben, and um, there was a lot of politics in that campaign, mate. That's all I'll say. But, yeah, yeah, very, very many. Yeah, I, I, I know all the inside stories, but that's yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's that. Um, yeah, so I, I I didn't end up going when I probably should have. I, I in my opinion, I was uh, I, I thought I performed well enough to deserve a number three, um, but I wasn't involved. And then uh, Ricky Ricky finished, and in came Anthony Hudson. Um, he brought in Paul Gothard, and from the way I understood it from from uh, Gothy, uh, you know, we got along really well, like because mm. we spent many years together, uh, but. He was. He said to me, "Yeah, look, basically, Anthony Hunter came in and he said, I want a player profile on every keeper that New Zealand has.' Basically, he wants. I want to know what is out there, what's out in the world, because it, I think before Anthony Hudson's time, there was a lot of um, I'll stick with what I know and I'm not going to like move yeah. forward, you know, like I've, I've got, I've got Glenn Moss and, 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 and uh, pasty. That's all I need. You know, those are two top keepers yeah. and I'll, I'll only need them. And so he didn't, he didn't look forward. And um, then Anthony just fresh late wanted to see what that was out there. And my name popped up. They're like, Oh, you know, here's, here's Stefan Rinovich. He played in the under twenties. I remember that he was quite good. And where is he now? Okay. He's in Europe. Um, and, and, 
probably came a little bit of that, okay, he's in Europe, he's playing in Europe. That is where we want our players to be. So mm-hmm. I think we should bring him into the fold. So I remember getting that um, that email slash caller. Um, uh, well, actually, now I think about it, not too clear, I remember, but I think it was an email and uh, I was a bit <laughs> like, okay, interesting. Yeah, sure. And then I think I got a, a call from Goffey and then he was like, yeah, we're going to bring you in, you and um, Max uh, Crombie. And I was like, okay. Um, yeah. Interesting. Cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm for it because I had just, I had just, everything lined up. I'm, I'm talking stars lined up, got, you know, whatever yeah. you want to see an upper and upper and a higher being God yeah. came down yeah, yeah, from the yeah. heavens. And he decided that everything was going to line up for me. So, in the time that he that Anthony started that came to power and and started looking, I had just uh, I was I was actually it was funny. I remember giving an interview. Uh, this is another side note. I gave an interview and I was uh, in camp for the All Whites and I'd almost quit like that half a year before that. I'd almost quit football. Um, How come? Because it just wasn't well. Because it just wasn't it wasn't going. I had a pretty rough like two three years mm. after the under twenties. Mm. and uh i'd played like two games in two years and it was i was like what am i doing here um that's another story but yeah uh, in terms of the all whites uh so in december or like in november so the the season goes june june right so in november um of of one year i had signed with a club in the third league as number three Mm. and i came in I was uh, I was overweight. I was unfit. I was uh, you know not ready to go, and this this other keeper was better than me. And the the keeper that was playing was, I think he was nineteen. He was young, like five years younger than me. I was on the outskirts, hmm. and then I got from uh, you know a tap on the shoulder from the coach. And he's like uh, the the two of us, the two small um, second keepers, and there you know there were rumblings that the number one was going to be sold to a Bundesliga club in the winter. And we were like, oh, okay, interesting. And I remember sitting down with my then girlfriend, who's, who's, who's now my wife, and we were mm. sitting and we were like, oh, you know, I said to her, I remember clearly this one. I was like, look, this is this is, this is is last chance. You know, last chance you, this was for me, last chance. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? And um, I said, you know, if it doesn't work out, and like he might leave. And if he, if he doesn't, if he leaves and I don't become number one, I'll quit at the end of the year. And so I, we have a, there's a break in, in Germany and I basically went off and I turned into, I was crazier than Arnold Schwarzenegger. I was in the gym. I was running. I was, I, I, I cut shredded. like I, I was shredded. I turned into an absolute <laughs> machine. I had never been in such good for, physical shape in my life. Yeah, yeah. And I come back in January and he's still there beginning of January. I'm like, oh, okay, what a waste, you know? Damn. But anyway, the, the season keeps, and then two weeks into January, boom, he's sold. I was like, oh, wow. So he's gone. Mm. And then the coach, he, he, he looked at the two of us, the two that were remaining. He's like, you know, you, that's the other guy. He's like, oh, this is how I thought, I, how I imagined it went. <laughs> <laughs> he said to the other guy, he looked at the other guy and went, wow, like, he's, he's good and everything. But, oh, my God, Stefan came back from the holidays looking like an absolute beast. He wants it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to chuck him in. So he chucks me in. And I start playing third league. Now, this for me was, you know, an amazing step in my career and I started playing I played um I think nine games nine mm. games in and I was doing quite well I was you know it was very we were in a fight a fight for our survival in the league yeah um 
spoiler alert, we didn't make it, but um, <laughs> in that time in January, Anthony Hudson was looking and they found out that I was playing in the third league in Germany and they were, wow, he's Mate, how's that for timing, eh? Shut. Unbelievable timing. That's what I mean. Some, someone was looking down, you know, yeah, a little yeah. angel on my shoulder or something. So, uh, yeah, then he calls me up and um, he goes, same same deal. I come into camp. I'm just, I'm hungry. I'm just salivating. I just want, I just want it so bad. And I think uh, Anthony and I, you know, he's like, okay, I'm going to give you first chance. And I play that game and, um, you know, I didn't. I didn't stop. I played twenty something games in a row for the uh, for the All Whites. I did. I played every minute from then on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and who was that? Who was that uh, against again? That very first game. South Korea. South Korea. It was South Korea. Yeah. So I saved uh, what's his name Sun's penalty. I, yeah, I, I yeah. caused it. Then I then I saved it, <laughs> and then they, they scored. And I, I made heaps of saves after that. I think as well. I was mm. like on fire, and then. Um, they scored, I think, in like the eighty seventh or so. It was, it was, we were, we were five minutes away from an historic like draw. Oh man! Anyway, uh, yeah. So that then that then that happened, and then uh, oh, here, here's here's another curveball though. You know, I I may have had an angel on my shoulder before that, but then the devil turned up, and uh, I went back, and three minutes into the first game back, I dislocate my shoulder out the back. And oh, <laughs> there, goes, there, there goes my season. There goes yeah. my season. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. It's so funny, was, uh, eh? Like, injury as an athlete is – so I've got a mate who oh, – I've got a few mates that have played, you know, professionally, and one of them, he had uh, unreal bad luck. Like, he had, have, I don't know if you've ever heard of osteitis pubis, <laughs> but I've, – I've had a I've had a mild form of that, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, he had a crazy yeah. – he had a crazy, but – Finally cracks, you know, super rugby. I'm talking rugby. And then first game, mm. he he takes J- Jerome Kaino's spot and is the starting, you know, flanker. 20 minutes into the game, yeah. pulls his hamstring out for the season. And, like, oh. I've watched his journey, and he kind of came back and he started playing again. But watching someone like, like you, you know, you, you get the break, you get the moment, and then injury. Mm. It's, it is like the curse of, a, of an athlete, right? Like, and, and, I, and I wonder what the mindset is for you, like, in recovery mode, not only physically, but it's a mental toll, man. You've just incredible high. I mean, just look at yeah. shoulders, not as bad as, you know, torn something else, but still. Well, well, to be, to be fair, I mean, only thing worse for me would have been a, um, a knee. I, mm. I had, uh, I, I may have been unlucky with my injury, but I had luck in, in my bad fortune and that, um, I dislocated actually out the back, which is extremely rare. It's extremely difficult to do because it's just bone. Right. You've just got at the back there, you've got your shoulder blade. Yeah. And um, it just, so it went out the back of the socket. And what did you do, mate? Did you part. dive and land on it? it? You know, it was the freakiest injury. No. So basically there was, a, think of a bouncing ball. Yeah. And I come out to the edge of the box and I jump up really high in the air. Like, you know, like I'm up in the air and they take the, my defender and attacker take out my legs. And I literally do like a like I dive into the ground head first with my with my hands like out the front, and so I land. Uh, also, lucky I didn't break my neck, by the way. Yeah. So I uh, all all ninety five kilos of me land on my shoulder, but kind of like me falling 
it's hard to describe like forwards especially like, for listeners so, <laughs> it's think of as yeah. many weird angles with the hands stefan's doing it right now just like all these oh uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so basically i went from being you know standing up straight in the air to yeah. being the exact opposite right and landing yeah. on my shoulder yeah ouch. And, and neck so so my neck was to the side of my anyway so the ground met me in the shoulder and it went out the back now extremely painful as anyone who's discovered should and knows However, there's nothing at the back there. So I, all I have was I chipped the, 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 like the capsule at the back. Right. And it was stuck there for probably an hour because they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. Because they said, you just have, at the time, I was, like I said, I was jacked, right? So they were <laughs> like, you just have too much muscle there. We don't know. Like, they didn't realize it was dislocated. I said, I have extreme pain. And I can't move my arm. They're like, well, we can't see it. It's not like protruding. Yeah. So it was just sitting on the cusp there. Uh, oh, but dude. I hadn't injured, which is a big one for keepers. I hadn't injured any of the ligaments down the front. If I had, direct surgery. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to play again. So if sure. you're a goalkeeper and you dislocate your shoulder out the front, you need surgery. Mm. Um, so I was lucky in that I only had a three-month recovery like any um, normal person would. Mm. And uh, I, I was fit to play. But by the end, it was the end of the season, right? It was uh, It was June. Yeah. So I came back for, like I said, we got relegated and I came back for the fourth league and played two full seasons in a row. And during that time was with the national team and, you know, went to the confeds and all that. And yeah. Anthony Hudson stuck with me because I always, I always seem to perform well when I play for the national team. I don't think I've, I think I've had, I'm knocking on wood here, but I've had one, one, one shocker, I think, which was against... Oman, which we, funnily enough, we won one nil. I remember playing. I was horrible that game, but you know, I would seem to do well. So um, it's and it's good to and and, and you you're good to watch, man. And you know, this is this is the story. This is the story I love. So I mean, the lads, two thousand and oh, mm. shut. Let me give a time in here. Twenty no, twenty seventeen. No, when mm. was when was the last World Cup? Twenty eighteen, yeah. Yeah, so it would have been twenty seventeen. Me and the boys hop in the in the car. Mm. Eight hour drive to Wally. Yeah. <laughs> and wow. what yeah. a weekend. Like, it was a good week. Like, we were cruising the streets of Wally. This is obviously when Peru yeah. were here for context for people not listening. We were playing Peru in a home and away league to get to the World Cup. And the str- the, it was wild, man. Like, those Peruvians are nuts, man. Like, they were chanting in the streets. And, and I remember getting to Westpac Stadium and seeing white out, obviously, the red. Yeah, atmosphere like electric. That's probably as electric would you say as you could get for a New Zealand game? Yeah, that is that is, that is the penultimate yeah. um, of of New Zealand football. Those those playoff games, and I think I think those that came down um gave an unbelievable atmosphere. We had a you know we were standing in the tunnel before the game, and you know you had the hucker in front of you, and then you walked out to the you know the the cheers of the of a full Westpac. And completely white, you look around and you go, "Wow, unbelievable!" <laughs> I was honestly, I was in, I was in awe. I was like, "This is what it means." And I tell you what, I'm a very proud New Zealander. And when everyone, when everyone was up there singing the national anthem, I was, I was very emotional. I was very like, you know, I had, I think it was uh, Winnie next on on my left as my as my uh, as my captain, and yeah. and Chris Wood on my right, and. Um, yeah, we were belting out the national anthem with everyone. Felt like the felt. I may have not looked like it, but I felt like the Italians and they, you know, when they <laughs> sing their national anthem yeah, on the inside at least. 
and uh, that gave me chills. That gave me chills. That game, and uh, you know, could have been. It could have. I I remember it very well. I. It's funny how I remember things though. I remember that game as a couple things. Yeah. Oh my god, I kicked really well that game. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember it was, it was swirling the wind, and anyone who's played in Westpac, any you know sportsman that's played in Westpac because of the wind in Wellington, it creates like a tornado kind of effect. Yeah, right. And so the wind will be coming down one side of the pitch towards you and away from you on the other. And sometimes it just crosses over. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. So if just anyone who's watching like Super Rugby or whatever, anything played in Westpac and you see like, you know, a, a player underneath the high ball and he maybe misses it, just know that slack. the yeah, wind yeah. is, yeah, <laughs> cut him some slack. Um, so I remember I kicked really well in that game, which is if I look at my own performance, I remember a, a misunderstanding with, well, not even a misunderstanding, me and Winnie and and uh, I think it was Tommy. Dude, I know. I remember this. Uh, yeah. Oh, and then we had wow. like, I don't, I, don't even, I don't even know what happened. It was a long ball. It was one of those things where it's bounced over the top. It's not really come to me. Yeah. But Winnie hasn't cleared it. And I've gone, oh, like are you going to shield it like and then he's kind of shielding it but then the ball's stopping in the grass and it ends up right between us and then somehow the peruvian sticks his little toe out and it like just skips past all of us and i'm like oh hell no <laughs> hell no you're not scoring I clear, and i you know dive and clear it off the line and i'm like Whew. <laughs> i remember God. that and you hunched over bro you were like suck it in the big ones yeah, I was. I, I think I because I, I, I did like one of those full stretches, yeah. and when you land on your ribs, you wind yourself. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> taking the deepest breaths. Oh. And uh, yeah, and then um, I remember that game clearly. And then I had, I remember I had, um, I had a save in the second half that I, the, off a corner. I remember that. Yeah. There was a looked, header. I think it was a header, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was. Um, that save and then oh, what else and then oh ryan thomas his 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 shot just oh i remember if i was standing right behind it in the second half and it's it looks like for me from where i'm looking i'm like oh my god he has whacked this so good through everyone it's going in it's yeah. hitting the inside of the post and going in and because he scuffed it coming across him it's just curled like away and hit the hit the standing post behind and I've just gone, Oh, that was it. Like that was our chance. Like, like, yeah. uh, I remember Woods, Woodsy was injured at the time and he, he yeah, had come right. on, but, um, uh, or he had played, started and then come off or something. I can't remember exactly. And then Costa had come in, but that was, that was our, like our sighted goal. And, you know, all it would have taken is just a breath of wind, just someone just, just a little yeah. blow would have gone in. You know it's, what I mean? Like, it's interesting you and, say that. We because we in the crowd had thought that it went in because obviously the angles, right? Mm. We thought it was a goal, so mm. we were up in yeah. arms until mm. we realised mm. it wasn't. And it's funny how a game of football was intense as that one because, mate, no, one, mm. not many people would expect a nil-nil draw would be exciting. We always joke about like my mates that aren't football fans joke that I drove mm. you know eight hours to watch a zero-zero game, but it was awesome. Yeah. But it's funny how it comes down to yeah. that one moment, eh? You know. Yeah, I've had, I've had a coach before. I had a very um, influential coach. I loved him. You, you'll know him from the A League, Carl Robinson. They're actually yeah, yeah. playing in, in in 15 minutes. Actually, his kickoff. Um, he uh, he was my coach at Vancouver, and uh, he would love to say, you know, you you have these game plans. 
And it would be the same for any major team that you think you have these game plans, you have the structure that you play in, but a game comes down to just a few moments, few moments and like split second decisions. That's all it is. You know, it's someone, it's someone missing a tackle that, 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 that is where you lose the game or like that with someone, you know, like a millimeter makes all the difference and uh, between winning and losing and yeah, that that was it for us, and that's that's the magic of sport, man. That's that's what everyone comes to see. 100%. And when so much is on the line like that, you understand then how people around the world, those crazy football fans, those English football fans, you know how you see them. For them, their team winning or losing is defines their week, especially in places <laughs> I've talked with Stephen Taylor, especially in places like Newcastle. Mm. How the team performs defines. How you how you feel during the whole the whole city feels during the week. That's crazy. And, um, people because people don't understand that. Some people listening to this podcast, like there's a lot of um, football fans that listen to this podcast, but mm. people that don't understand the like that is literally the hype around it is not well, it's not even just hype, it is it's a way of life. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? For some for some communities it's a way of life. And uh New Zealanders may 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 not may not have that. Um, with their with a lot of their like local teams, but maybe some come something close with the All Blacks. Like, yeah, they scrutinise every every split second, every play. You know, everyone is talking about it. Yeah, just think about that on a more local level, and and probably even more fanatical. And that that defines like English football and some of those top teams around the world, Barcelona. You know, you it you could tell them are, oh, you know. I don't know. Oh, my team's the best. Yeah. And as a neutral observer, you're going, yeah, they're probably the best. But yeah. that person on the other side who's just a little bit behind with their team, they're saying, no, nah, absolutely not. I guarantee you my best, my player is the best. You know, you know, they they it's like a religion for them. Yeah, man. Have you ever seen that guy in England? It's a video and he's like, You want some? Have you ever seen that one? <laughs> you want some, mate? He's, <laughs> he's got like a beer in his hand at like some yeah. conference game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh. I've seen the one. Um when I told people I was getting you on, man, everyone wanted yeah. me to, to ask you about this. And I, it was one of the first oh, yeah. things I wanted to talk about as well oh, okay. on the list. Okay, okay. Now, now I'm a bit worried. Go on. No, you don't need to be worried. Now, nah, about okay. to critique one of your performances. Nah. Was, yeah, um, go for it. The spooky shit happening in Peru, mate. I mean, you guys rock over there. And mm. we're watching, we're back in New Zealand, and we're seeing like these dudes like with snakes and bloody... Like team photos of you, like cursing it, and like we hear about the the <laughs> uh, planes flying over your hotel at like three a.m. Like, but like it was kind of unbelievable to like. It, here's it New was. Zealand, it was in Peru, like getting hassled by Peru, the country, because they don't want to lose. It was it was ridiculous. Oh, mate, this is uh, you know like. Oh, it's, it's, it's hand, so man. hard I to describe. First hand, it's so hard to describe. Like, so I remember clearly. It all it all started actually with um, our flight. So we had gotten a um, uh, we had gotten a charter because there was uh, there was no way to get to Peru within like you know a, a normal amount of time. If we if we had gone commercial. It would have taken something ridiculous, like thirty-eight hours or something right, like that. Right. Instead of, you know, we fly two legs, and it would have been—I uh, can't even remember what it was. Yeah, yeah. Let's say eighteen hours or something, right? So Peru had also gotten their own private jet, 
in uh, like their own private 747 or whatever or 777 I can't remember um, for their team uh, their team management and all their journalists and they filled the whole they'd fill the whole plane yeah. So they they had their thing sorted. So we didn't fit in their plane because we'd asked, obviously, because we're New Zealand football, right? We've asked, so, <laughs> yeah, hey, can no. we piggyback? Um, and they said no. And so we we ordered our own one. And I think with the help of FIFA, I, look, I, I can't really speak to the financials or whatever. Anyway, right, yeah, yeah, so like we get in the plane in Wellington. We you know we buzz off or, or, or Auckland, wherever it was. We we head to um, to Buenos Aires. So Argentina, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. and we uh, we hear over the uh, over the speaker, they're like, oh, um, by the way, uh, we can't get into Peru now. We're like, what do you mean can't get into Peru? Oh yeah, we had a specific time period that they'd given us, like a half, like fifteen minute to half an hour, like slot, and um, we missed it, or we're gonna miss it. So we land in Buenos Aires. We're on the tarmac. And we're sitting there for like two hours. So we're like, oh, what a wet. Like we're sitting here for two hours. It's the middle of the night. We're tired. We just played a game like 12 hours ago. Yeah. And um, we, yeah, okay, we're going to be sat here for the next four hours. We'd already sat there two hours, whatever it was. It yeah, was, right. And we're sat, we're sat on the tarmac <laughs> in the middle of the airport. No one was there. Yeah. Right. And, you know, we'd, we'd filled up or anything or like we had the fuel. You know, we had some more fuel. So we were ready to go. And we sat on the tarmac and we're like, you know, they're really screwing us over. They're trying to make it impossible to get into the country, right? Yeah. Um, they want to make it as hard as possible for us. So the, the captain ends up opening the doors, brings the stairs, some stairs, and we all just start like having a bit of fun on the tarmac. You know, we're, 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 we're Kiwis, right? We're yeah, making a joke of it. We, we had the lads like doing like little warm up slicks to the <laughs> engine and like, yeah. <laughs> just trying yeah. to keep spirits up, you know? <laughs> we're like, nothing's going to get us down. And, uh, yeah, so we spent a good while there. And then finally we get to go ahead. We land in Peru. Um, we get told, yeah, yeah, we're getting a police escort, escort from the uh, from the airport because the airport is a while from the hotel. It's, oh, it will only take us, whatever it was, 30 minutes. or It would be quick. It'll be quick because we've got a police escort. And the police escort apparently is, oh, you know, for your safety, we're going to take you like a roundabout way. So they start taking us on this like roundabout way but not even with the sirens on. They could have got the sirens on and, you know, got us straight to the hotel. Yeah, of course. Nah, we stood in traffic. We were going around these little side streets. What should have been a half an hour trip took triple the time. Yeah, sure. So, you know, they're, oh, they're trying to screw do that as well. Screw you around okay. from okay. the get-go. Trying to screw you around. Um, so we, uh, we, we get to the hotel. We check in. Nice rooms. Lovely hotel. And I remember, if I remember correctly, we also... We had brought in a chef because okay. yeah, I yeah. think I think the All Blacks like the year before had been poisoned or something. Yeah, they all yeah. got diarrhea or something. Yeah, yeah. and uh, against Argentina or something like that. So um, we brought in our own. I think we, it was even the All Blacks, um, one of their chefs or something. Um, we brought yeah, them in. So and everything was washed with bottled water. I'm talking like you know, so we had pretty plain fare. There was nothing like extravagant about it. But yeah. they made sure that we didn't drink tap water. We had, you know, bottled water. Like it would have been fine to drink the tap water, but they didn't want like the waiters, you know, slipping something in or so yeah. we, you know, no risks or any of us getting no risk, absolutely no risk. So, and it comes close to the game day, and we got game day right. And I remember clearly, like, because we were pretty high up, so we were, 
you know, maybe 20th floor. We were very high up. So um, then all of a sudden, I think like late at night, like 11 o'clock before the game, like, so we had the game the next day and then 11 o'clock the night before, had fireworks outside so we we got a bit of that so yeah. you, know, you had the fireworks bursting outside the window at like 11 p.m or something it wasn't even it was, to be fair it wasn't too late yeah um so so that was that was interesting uh like all these like effigies being burnt and stuff i didn't i didn't we didn't see much of that um yeah uh but what we did see like on uh i think it was a i think it might have been on the night yeah that night around 1 a.m i think or maybe a bit later uh me, me and my roommate was still up me and i was with um Themistocles, so the uh, the um the half greek guy and yeah yeah uh we were in the we were, we were always rooming together so like at one o'clock like you just hear these jets and they're, they're coming around like window height and they're just going whoosh, like right past like like the hotel and doing like circles like out in like in the bay because we're by the ocean like in, right. in, and they're just doing kind of circles in front of you but you know what the funny thing was? Like, like yeah, it was a bit annoying. Yeah. And I'm sure some people were at sleep at the time. But me and Themi just got up and we thought it was the coolest thing. We we're like at the window, we're like, oh, cool, look at this legit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and then, the, you know, they, they they buzzed the hotel for like 45 minutes or something. And then they the, the, and then they bug it off. Or we were maybe half an hour. You know, jets yeah. don't really have a long flight time. So, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, time. So they, they went back. and um. We went to bed, but oh, that was pretty cool, eh? Like, we actually, we feel like, <laughs> <Fired important>, you <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. oh. we, we, we took it, like, and then and so everyone at the table the next day was, you know, chatting about the Jets. Oh, wasn't that cool? Like, and then, you know, obviously the conversation was, ah, oh, they're trying to you know, get us rattled and stuff. But, yeah. um, we were like, like the, the coach is like, oh, that's, you know, unacceptable. You know, don't let it influence you. Most of the lads are pretty carefree about it. Like, oh, that's, at least they think we're important enough, or like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. we take we take it as a compliment, but they they think we're a, like a like a like a, a serious opponent. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, th- I think there were even like, I think there was another jet flyby in the afternoon before the game, kind of like around again like one p.m. instead of like one a.m. It was like one p.m. like twelve hours later. So right before we we're about to go for a nap, the jets start flying by. You know, uh, the pre yeah, yeah. pre game nap. And yeah, same thing. We just like kind of stood by the window. We like checked it out. We're like, oh, look at that. There's one. Oh, there's another one. Yeah. And, you know, um, flying by. Uh, there might have even been, been some fireworks or something like that. So I, can't, I don't think there were actually. And then we were like, oh, that's pretty, pretty dope. And then um, we went to sleep. You know, it was over and we had a nap. So we had, I, had, I had, to be fair, I had a perfect preparation. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, there were, in, in terms of like how much it affected us. Not I wouldn't much. say too much, but on the other side, every every little like minute counts. You know, like uh, when it comes to a game like that, every little you know bit of preparation, anything that throws you off like a tiny bit can make a big big thing. You know, small yeah. moments. Yeah. Well, you talk about preparation, man. Like, and you hear that all the time. You know, the preparation's good. The boys are in camp. You know, any yeah. interview yeah. ever with um you know a, a coach on TV is that you know. But what what do you mean? What do you specifically for you mean by preparation? Obviously the training, yeah. But what, what's mm-hmm. perfect preparation for you, man? Perfect preparation? Do you mean like on a on a on a game day for my yeah, club? Yeah. Or do you just like, mean generally in nah, like camp? Oh, but uh, could be both. But just even in that context, you know, you say you had a perfect preparation. Well, what made it perfect for you? You know what I mean? Well, uh, it, it all depends. Like I've got my like little rhythm. I would say uh, little rituals, and mate. For me, oh uh, yeah. 
rituals. Yeah, I have my own little like. It's not even rituals. It's just like almost wives, wives' tales. You know, it's it's almost like ah, oh, oh, let's not 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 take a chance. You know, let's not walk under that ladder or. Right. You know, you see a black cat, you're like, oh, probably shouldn't have seen that. Or, but, it, but you know, you, that's just like, <laughs> it's gotten to be fair, it's gotten a little bit like yeah, more yeah. as I've gotten older. But like, no, like a f- perfect preparation day for me is um, because my because my position is a lot of concentration. For mm. me, key is a, is a, a very good night's sleep. I think um, right. any athlete you have on here, for them, like some, 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 I've heard some that, you know, they sleep very little before competitions um, because, you know, they're super hyped up about it. Yeah. But for me, generally, like sleep is, is huge. I remember sleeping very well before those Peru games, like even though they're big, big games. Big games and nerves didn't get to you at night? No, no, it was just more a case of, I was like telling myself, I was like, mate, you have, you got to have a good night's sleep. Otherwise, you'll feel like shit tomorrow. Like, yeah. I was convincing myself. That yeah. it was the it was the it was what I needed, and and I did. So for me, a general like uh, I need a good night's sleep. Therefore, um, if I'm playing like in, at, at night time, I like to have a good good sleep. Uh, sleep in, you know, don't like to get up at seven a.m. Maybe I'll sleep until eight thirty. I'll just mosey around in bed, um, and and then I get up, you know, have my small breakfast. Then I'll I'll try and do something that day. I'll try and. Uh, you know, go shopping. I'll go, like uh, for groceries. Like I'll go with my wife, and we'll go buy some groceries. So it's kind of like a way to get out of the house, get some steps in. You know, might go for a quick walk, or yeah, you know, like tr- try be not too static, and um, just do anything that feels kind of relaxing. And and what I what I, what I tend to do is I, I work back from the game. So if my games are right, right. eight o'clock, that makes sense. I go okay. When do I need to be there? Okay, I need to be there at six. Let's say. And how long does it take to drive there? Okay, it takes an hour to drive there. So I have to leave at five. I want a 15-minute buffer, buffer, so I'm leaving at 4.45. Okay, yeah. I want to, um, I want to like 15 minutes before that, I want to be awake if I'm having an afternoon nap. So then I calculate back from 4.30 to an hour. So it's so, so an hour back, so I'm back at 3.30. So I want to be asleep at 3.30. I want to nap for an hour because that's my pregame. So I'm now at 3.30. Okay, so what can I do between 3.30 and, you know, I've, I've gotten back from my activity. It's now 12 o'clock. So I've got three and a half hours. What do I want to do there? Okay. I want to put in a lunchtime there and I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll just Interesting. put it yeah. in, like in a, in a schedule. So everything's planned for me. I'll set all my alarms on my phone. So I know I, I'll get an alarm, like just in case, like I'm, I get distracted. I don't know, playing the, playing a game or, 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 you know, doing something, maybe I'm watching something on TV just so I get an alarm. Okay. Steph, you got to go to bed now. So, okay. Well, off goes the TV or away goes the game or, yeah, yeah. Um, Hey babe, I can't, I can't, I can't talk anymore. Just, shh, I need to go to sleep. Now. <laughs> I'm out of here. So, yeah. yeah. I'm out of here. So I'll go to bed and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll keep everything like that. So it doesn't, it means that I don't like focus on that. And then another pregame thing of mine would be, um, before my, before my nap and, um, on the bus ride there or on the massage table if we don't have a bus, bus ride because I'm driving. Um, I'll do both those times. I'll do a, um, a visualization kind of uh, preparation. Yeah, so yeah. Um, what I do in a game is very, now that I've gotten a bit older, it's very, you, you boil it down to a couple things. Mm. So you'd be like, okay, so, this is what I do. This is what my, my kicking game. This is my passing game. 
this is my like what I've got to deal with crosses uh, crosses shots and 1v1s and so I'll just go through and just kind of visualize those events in the game what mm-hmm. happens if they happen and how will I react and you you, you, yeah. get, you get quicker and quicker with it and it just kind of like it kind of triggers you and prepares you for what's coming up mm-hmm. and that will definitely like if you have any nerves it will calm you down because you know that's what you're going to revert back to yeah. So that's 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 super key for me. Um, it, it, it became because it becomes instinct, yeah. I, like it becomes instinct. Like if you if you if you like, I mean, I play sport, um, and and mm. like I say I do exactly the same because it's only you know, um, you know, second if it's not you know top league, but it's the same thing. Like you kind of when 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 you're in the moment, you revert back to what you've kind of been visualizing, yeah. Yeah, that's that's well, like you revert back to the basics, really. And uh, for for a top top player, I'm talking Prem. I'm talking, you know, Kevin De Bruyne, Ronaldo. I'm talking Stefan Marinovic in Israel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You um you their basics is much higher than obviously you, you you know they they think on another level, right? But like um for me, my basics, I just go through them, and uh, I hope to just if that situation arises to react that way. Cause a lot yeah. of times when you're a goalkeeper, you come up against a situation that's, it can go one of two ways and yeah. you have to choose a way. So it's like the difference between, okay, there's a one V one, either I'm going to go low or I'm going to, you know, spread myself, uh, you know, and kind of like a starfish so that like I can cover the most goal yeah. or, He's gonna, or, or I'm gonna like stand up because he's probably gonna go around me. Yeah. And a lot of the time, like um, one of the two things would happen, hmm. and you have to make a split second decision. That's what I'm gonna go with. And sometimes you kick yourself because you like you choose one thing and he does the exact other thing. And if you'd just done the other thing, you would have got it. Oh, and so it's a game of margins. It's, oh. oh, it totally is. It totally is. So you kind of kick yourself. It happened to me in a game yesterday, and I was like, ah. Oh, and I thought he was going to try chip me um, in yeah. like kind of a 1v1. And I've kind of made myself like taller, yeah, yeah, which, yeah. you know, you sacrifice a bit of width yeah. and, uh, you know, it ends up going around you or like like passing it around you, like scoring around you. And you go, oh, if I just spread, I 100% would have gotten it, 100%. Mm. And um, you, you, as you get older, you, you tend to make the right decision more often. That's why. Right experienced players and experienced keepers usually get better with age and you talk about experience man like oh i mean paston's a good example mate you know he was in his 30s or whatever when um he well late 30s shucks i don't even know his age when he took on that 2010 campaign but the thing is for you like i don't know this is me personally but i feel that the potential this side has that you're playing in at the moment for new zealand i'm talking that side yeah. that you just heard you play. Um, you played Bahrain. Um, oh, dude, you're Again, in Dubai, yeah. right? You're in Dubai for a bit, and you play. You played Bahrain yeah, yeah. and Algeria. No. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Algeria A and the Gambia. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. That, that was a while and, ago. Uh, and Cur- and 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 Curacao. And Curacao. That was the that's first it. one. Bahrain, Curacao, and Bahrain. And the last one was uh, uh, the Gambia and Algeria A. And look at the experience you're bringing in. Like, I know there's a couple of other, you know, keepers in there at the moment that are, you know, that have been doing well, um, would mm. be one of those guys. But yeah, you, you're going to be, you read, who else is, in, you know, there's a few of you boys that were in there in that last campaign. 
Are, are you excited yeah. for for this this campaign upcoming? Like, are you looking at it like oh, this so is our excited. year to make it? So excited! I um, uh, like in comparing campaigns, like I haven't spent as much time with Danny as as, as a lot of the um, uh, the Olympics guys and those that grew up with him kind of in school, the school environment because he, he has brought a few of them those guys in, which but not because they were with them, but because they they deserve to be there. Just to be clear, yeah, um, and. From what I've seen of the, the, I've been with him three camps now. Um, the the belief and the kind of expectations that he brings to to us as the All Whites is 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 different, is um, better, and you know he makes you look around and go, you know what, we've actually got bloody good players here. Yeah. Why why can't we why can't we play? Why can't we um, you know impress like our version of the game on the other team? We don't have to be. Um, kick and chase all the time. You know, you still want to keep those um, those those values that um, define maybe how you see a, 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 a kiwi in, in of terms course. of re- re- resilience and 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 fight and um, you know uh, and, and work ethic. You want to bring those in, and you want everyone to emulate those. But at the same time, you don't just want to be you know kick and chase, and um, you you also want to play. And you want to be brave, and you want to uh, you want the team to to perform. And he's he's bringing a lot of belief into the team. Mm. And um, I know, like I've, I've I've read some of the stuff and heard some of the stuff he said in the media. And it's it's you know it's not all hot air. That's that's exactly how he thinks. And awesome. he he expects even more from us. And that is great in camp because you've got like you say you've got your your older, more experienced lads um, that have seen it all before. Um, mm. But that. Uh, you know, he brings in. He says, "Look, I don't care if that guy, that that kid, is 19 years old and plays, you know, in some in a smaller league over in Europe. You yeah. need to you you need to be able to talk to Woodsy. You need to be able to talk to 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 Winnie and and uh, and Smith and, yeah. and Boxy and you know demand stuff from them and they're going to talk back to you. And you know, you you you're going to be together on that field. And it's not it's, there's no there's no separate. Everyone's expected to bring." Um, uh, their game to yeah. the game, you know, their, their strengths. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he sets us up in such a way that, um, and this is what comes back to the preparedness thing, like uh, how you view preparedness when you come into camp in a national team, you're together with, for such a short period of time, there is a lot of refreshes and, um, style of plays and, uh, uh, opponent, uh, uh, opposition analysis. So you go through all those, you have a lot of meetings and, it's just like refreshes because you're coming, you're coming in from different teams that uh, perform differently. They're at different levels, and you've all got to come to the same place at the yeah. same time. And that's what the preparedness thing is. And he, he does that very, very well. And um, we're coming into this campaign, which is extremely exciting. Yeah, uh, we have this this uh, January. Hopefully, that's going to go ahead. We'll see what Omicron or whatever it's called is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. is, is going to do to world travel. But then you've got. Uh, uh, the, that March window, and that's obviously a killer because of what OFC's done. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Which is uh, which is scandalous, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, I thought I thought we'd get more support from FIFA. We're still we're still we're we're extremely unhappy about that as players. Because uh, that's because you've put you've put World Cup qualification games. I don't care who it who it's against. It can be yeah. against uh, you know the the Vatican for all I care. Yeah. Yeah. But. Um, you know, you have to put that within a window, and then the fact that they've 
the FIFA of you know not said too much and let OFC put it outside a window is absolutely scandalous, especially since our players are all professional. Yeah, exactly. And you know, we, we our clubs don't have to let us go. Yeah. And they've put us in a group. I don't know how they've pulled that hat out, by the way. Yeah. Um, you know, we're not with we're not with the Cook Islands or you know the Solomon Islands. We're Fiji, Papua New Guinea, and New Caledonia. Literally, the four best teams in Oceania are in one group. Yeah. I don't know how they did that, but um, oh no! Uh, and they've yeah. taken away the inter- intercontinental playoff, which oh man, it's gutting! It's gutting. gutting! Gutting! Yeah, we 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 banked on that like for you know to bring some football back to New Zealand. That would have been amazing. Uh, I understand COVID yeah, like, throws spanners in the works like it does everywhere, but yeah, that's yeah, that's mm. that's is a real shame, eh? But yeah, very sad. Very I'm looking sad. forward to it, man. I'm looking forward to where where New Zealand lands in that in that in that journey, um, yeah. and where you land I expect, in that. I honestly, I honestly expect us to, you know, whether I play or not, and uh, it, it all depends on form and the the how it's going for everyone. Uh, yeah, you know, it's no, there's no there's no guarantees in in, in sport. Uh, but uh, I just want the New Zealand national team to do well. Um, I'm a big, I'm a big Kiwi, and um, mm. uh, I think, I think, seeing this group, seeing what it's capable of, I think you know we've only scratched the surface and and begun. There's still huge strides to be made uh, by everyone on the team, but it could be getting to that you know that time where you like you could to the, you got the golden years of of, of Woodsy right now. You know he's 29, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Um. You're winning at the, at the back. He's kind of like uh, Ryan Nelson was that kind of age. Yeah. Um. Uh. You're getting it's these centre backs. You got Boxy, Tommy. You got Nando coming through. Yeah. Just huge, huge experience all over the park, and you put that all together, and you 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 play with a with a sense of belief and and you personally and the and what the coach is putting out there, and yeah. and you'll do really well. And look. We may not like the the intercontinental playoff being the way it is, but I'll tell you what, it's only a 90-minute game, and whoever we're playing against, whether it be Mexico or or, or Panama, whoever's going to end up in that I think, yeah, yeah. fourth position in, in that area, so much can happen in 90 minutes. Exactly. You have, you have no chance, no chance to rectify it. It is a final, yeah. and... You can be the worst team in the world, but you can still somehow manage to win. I don't care if, uh, who it is. So that could, you never know. It could be beneficial for us. It could be unbelievably heartbreaking. But as, as long as we uh, make it there, that's what I'm thinking too, though. Because oh, I, yeah. I know it's the islands, but. The islands are always like, we're, we've been, we've been, we, we are acutely aware of the past and some have lived through it. Um, I'm talking the campaign before ours. Yeah. And we are, we are hoping that in Qatar, it will be um, better referees, better, better facilities, better, um, you know, air conditioned stadiums, better pitches will suit us much better. Mm. But again, we've got that handicap with two games of the three in the round Robin are going to be outside the window. So, Good luck getting Burnley to release yeah. Woodsy, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, and 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 so that that's that's totally unfair. Um, but I still have I still have belief, like even those younger kids and stuff, like 
um, that they can they can hold the hold the fort. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping to release myself. I have I have a goal of um, getting 36 points uh, with my team before that period, and if I oh. do, then I know I can leave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because we'll 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 have secured we've secured um, you know staying in the league. So, um, yeah, mate, it's a game. Yeah, it's a. Let's see if the dominoes line up. And 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 look, you turn you talk about Israel and what you're doing there. But even your last the, the last couple of years, it was good to see you back in New Zealand, man. To be honest, yeah, it was it was amazing to be back. I I uh, I loved that that first year. Um, Is that we finished third, first, eh? Second yeah, year, you yeah, finished right. third with well, you. Third, third of yeah, yeah, yeah. First year, third. Um, I, I I loved being back. It was it was a it was a big decision. Um, it was probably the right sporting decision at the time. Yeah. And uh, I don't, I don't at all regret my two years there. Uh, and that first year was specifically really you know, along with the sporting aspect to be close to my family. Mm. Um, you know, dad, dad's getting old and um, it's, when you're, when, when you're away from 17, it's always nice to get, you know, connect back to your roots. Yeah, man. Um, so that was, that was a big part of it. Unfortunately, COVID threw a curveball for, for us personally and the team as well, um, uh, you know, threw us off. I, I think I, I truly believe, and you know, chatting with some of the older lads in the team, if we had uh, if we had kept going, I one hundred, I was one hundred percent certain, and I am one hundred percent certain now, we would have topped the league for sure. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, we would have topped the league if there wasn't any COVID. I was, we would have one hundred. You were humming. You were definitely humming, man. Yeah, yeah, and then that that whole COVID saga just threw everything for a loop, and then we, you know, to move into the quarantine, it was a bit soul destroying yeah. um, for for a lot of the lads, and um, yeah, we, we you know we struggled, and then the playoff game against Perth, we lost, and you know, we couldn't find our rhythm there. We'd been struggling those games, so that was a bit unfortunate. Yeah. And then yeah, I mean that second year there were there were a lot of there were a lot of things behind the scene um, personally um, mm. that would have would have uh, not not benefited my 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 uh, my football so to speak um, in that second year so um, that was that was a bit of a rough patch and and that, that's another reason why you know um, when uh, when when Ollie started playing and um, this this opportunity came up in Israel I jumped on it because it would yeah. have meant my wife was closer to her family in Europe and uh, you know, cause she was struggling with that and the likelihood of us being together would have been much higher than if, yeah, if we we're in New Zealand slash Australia, because there was still so much uncertainty. I mean, that was, that was a huge thing for us. Like I was in Europe before I came back for the second season and I could, I couldn't get an answer whether my wife was going to be able to join me and, you know, being yeah. those that are, those that are married and stuff like maybe they turn around and go, yeah, I'd love six months away from my wife. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, yeah. it's, uh, it's a huge ask. Big time, man. Um, you know, partners take the brunt of, of, of professional sport. Hey, for sure. For sure. I've, I've, I've heard that enough from my wife that, um, she's like, ah, oh, oh. I'm sure any 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 athlete that's listening will know that uh, yeah. <laughs> some of the conversations you end up having, but uh, it's a lot of a lot of sacrifice. You make a lot of personal sacrifice, and uh, any anything, and, and, and your partner makes just as much sacrifice. Maybe not in the same same areas of what you think she does, yeah. 
mm. or, or he uh, he does. Um, yeah. Uh, but they make huge amounts of sacrifices so that you can so they can support your career. And uh, I mean, that is life. You know, yeah, of course. One, and one, if it's not sports, earning. Yeah, exactly. If it's not sport, it, it's business or it's, you know, whatever, whatever it might be. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with that, man. I 100% agree with that. But, um, yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. I, um, I, um, I will say just I was at your last game in, in New Zealand, uh, I think, Eden Park. Oh, was that against Mel- Melbourne? Oh, Melbourne, uh, Eden Park. That was against. I think it was Perth. Perth, yeah. And um, let's just say, you might not remember this, but I was a part of the group uh, that enc- you were, we were encouraging the thrusts. Does this ring a bell? Oh, it totally rings a bell. <laughs> yeah, man, we were we were part of that crowd. You were um, doing a few, few warm-ups on the sideline. and um... <laughs> I remember now. Yeah, I totally remember. That was hilarious. Yeah, hey! Yeah. <laughs> I was riling you guys up. You were riling that car. I think I had Rufus sitting next to me. We were having a ball. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude, we were we were riling you up big time. Well, Stefan, bro. Um, before I let you go, I, I always ask, and especially athletes, this because you know, firsthand, I've seen it th- from athlete friends of mine. Um, you know, future, not exact, not always future outside of football, but just you know, with a with a, a job like yours where it is not. You can't do it to your 60, you know. Blue skies, yeah, gotcha. you know, when you do hang up the boots. Um, yeah. Where do you want to go with it, man? Like just life in general. Oh, I've had these conversations so many times. I I really, if I'm totally honest, I really want to, um, I really want to fly. I really want to uh, fly commercially. I think I think that will, uh, that will scratch that like kind of adventure itch and, um, I just can't see myself behind a desk, to be fair. Um, I'm not sure I'd love to give back in some way, uh, if it's wanted, of course, in, on the footballing field. But uh, that kind of insecurity, probably, um, I can't continue that forever. So coaching is probably yeah, probably not going to happen, but um, at least professionally. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'd love to fly, man. I think I think that's, that's the one for me. I think I'd... Uh, have to fly in New Zealand. I mean, you know, not nine to five. But when you say fly, do you mean like like an air host? No, no, no. Like like pilot, pilot. I I have my pilot license, and I'm working towards my commercial. No, you freaking don't. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, that's yeah. buzzy, man. I've, I, you... I've, I've kept myself busy. <laughs> I, I don't know if anyone knows that. Well, probably people know that about you, but what's um? Yeah, wow. What's what do you see? So you, you've got your pilot's license. So what do you can what can you fly at the moment? I can fly um, well uh, for those for those that out there that know planes. Um, I'm sure. Well, and those that don't, I'm yeah, sure yeah, yeah. people are familiar familiar with the Cessnas. So you got the yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the one fifty, one five two, the one seventy two. Um, so those I did everything on my on the Cessna one seventy two, and um, pretty much all my training. And so I loved that. Was this in um, Europe? But I learned to. No, it was actually in Canada. I learned it all in Canada. I learned. I got my p- private license in Canada. I continued in uh, in Wellington. Uh, anyone who wants who's in Wellington and would love to go for a trial flight, I can 
highly recommend the Lainton Era Club. Just a little plug there. Plug. Um, talk talk to Simsy. He's a he's a great guy. Anyway, to continue there. Um, just basically getting hours because that was the that was the that's the process for right, commercial yeah. and yeah. um yeah so continued in australia as well so i flew a Citabria, which is like a just tailwheel uh, plane um i've flown i can fly like a like a piper i can fly a cherokee um so yeah dude what's the step up from from the you know from those guys to the big boys Oh, it's 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 a step up. Like I'll have to. Uh, there's there's a still a long way to go, and because it's so interrupted my training, it's it's going to take a bit longer probably. But you start flying like like um, dual engine, uh, and then you uh, you have to get up your hours. So you'll start working for, you know, or, or you'll be a you'll be a um, a flight instructor. So you'll help new pilots. Um, so you get your command, uh, your pilot and command hours up. And um, then you'll, you know, apply to any zone with 500 or 750 hours. And you say, look, I'd love to learn how to fly, um, you know, your domestic plane. So your, your turbo props and yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, you know, you get paid, you get paid very little, unfortunately. Um, at but, first, uh, at first, right? Age, at first. Yeah, 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 for sure. The big money is in the, in the trends, um, you know, the uh, international flights, but Mate, but is, yeah, is, is, is this true? Could be wrong. Is it? Oh, no, mm. actually, I'm definitely going to be wrong here, but I'm just going to throw it out there anyway. Go on, go you on, know, go throw it out. You're taking off and landing. Like, bugger that. Like, I mean, yeah. bro, that would scare the crap out of me. Even when I'm in a plane, I'm like, oh, oh mm. okay, mm. we're good, you know, for a second. <laughs> but yeah. then after that, yeah. aren't you kind of just in cruise control? I mean, I know there's more um, to it than that, but, you know, like. Yeah, like, uh, definitely with those, with, those, with those bigger jets, you would be. Um, if you were doing like a Auckland to Dubai, it would be, yeah, more of a cruise control. So once you've done all the, so everything below 10,000 feet. Um, so you're probably talking like um, the last, you know, 30, 45 minutes of each flight. Like let's say for those big jets, 45 to an hour before you land, you're probably doing your preparations. You're, you basically prepare, yeah. you prepare, 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 and you go over like what you're going to do. So you, you have a plan of action and um then you land and you know you do all that business and uh it's, it's it is very complicated and i you know people turn around and go well basically planes can land themselves you know those modern ones and you go technically they can like to a point they can take you down almost onto the runway but at the end of the day if you're captain and something goes wrong it's your fault you can't say oh well it's the computer's fault no nah, it's your fault whatever Shit. whatever happens and apart from you know if your wing just falls off because the mechanic forgot a screw but yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah, like Shit. obviously, to those that don't like flying, that doesn't happen. But like, I'm just <laughs> yeah, saying, like yeah. everyone just if took it's something a deep completely breath. out of your control, <laughs> if it's something completely out of your control, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, then 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 it's not your fault. But everything else is, you know. So, uh, I, I would say that it's it, there's huge responsibility, and that's what you get paid for. You get paid to be responsible, hmm. to be um, thorough, and to be ahead of the airplane all the time and uh you know you learn that when you're coming through and especially those small planes you you don't let go of the controls because they don't have autopilot it's right. still you know stick and rudder right and yeah, right. they 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 are very stable so you know you can't do too much wrong like, so if you ever got into trouble you, it would just continue flying straight it's not going to all of a sudden lose control you know it's it's very 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 um user friendly uh but you still have to be behind the con controls and uh yeah 
I mean, I, I love it, man. I love it. The taking off is the absolute, the, the highlight of my day. <laughs> yeah. Taking off is, uh, for anyone who hasn't done it, if, if anyone who, who's ever thought about doing it, go up for a trial flight. They're, you know, they're 150 bucks or whatever, and they take you up for 20 minutes and ask your instructor if you can take off. Because I, in, in a lot of cases, they will, yeah, they will stay on the controls with you, but they will let you, you know, pull back on the steering. Because is there, uh, is there, the, two, the is there two things on each side? Yeah, yeah. So there's one for each of you, right? So, right, yeah, um, okay. or, or almost air, all aircraft have a dual control, and uh, you know, if your pilot, if your instructor sitting next to you, he'll sit and you know, he'll put his foot on the pedals. He'll help you, and you know, as soon as he, you know, if anything were to go a little bit amiss, he would take control. But you know, just ask him for it. You pull back on the control is the absolute like best feeling, um, and you'll never ever forget it. Just like that like taking off and just flying i I love it that's you can tell i've got a little bit of passion for it but bro so, well i'm i'm sitting there um, thinking man why did we wait to the end to bring this up because this is bloody interesting um <laughs> yeah like yeah oh man do you know what we'll do mate is when you do get what? your first gig at air new zealand and you've yeah, flown yeah. a few times we'll get you back on <laughs> and we'll do yeah we'll do an air new zealand like you know we'll do an air like the ins and outs of flying a plane <laughs> Oh, um, hey, I'll be I'll, I'll be your guy. I'll be your guy. Yeah, I'll bring on I'll bring on lots of guests. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We could we could do like a little like Air New Zealand podcast. You know, you're good oh, enough to host, mate. You, you talk as much as me, so we're good to go. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, well, mate, we could sit here and yarn for hours, but um, look, I've really appreciated this. It's been um, you know, it's nearly nearly the end of the end of the year, and things are wrapping up in the podcast world. But um, I'm I'm really looking forward to um dropping this because it was it was good fun man i hope you i hope you've enjoyed it yeah yeah i've enjoyed it i, I love i love like i said i love connecting back to the roots and uh talking with someone back from nz and uh, if anyone can take some little like uh some little gems out of this and yeah little nuggets you know then uh uh hopefully it's for good uh you yeah. know you don't have dr eva out there taking taking what you say and <laughs> <laughs> taking it the wrong way but you know uh, yeah, mate. hopefully uh someone someone like it Nah, my man, I've appreciated it. Good